Want to go see your favorite college or pro team? Go to TickSplits. TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. Use promo code WAR and save 5% off on all purchases at TickSplits.com or on the TickSplits app. That's promo code WAR, W-A-R-R, for 5% off on great seats to all of your favorite events. Remember, TickSplits provides you with the same great seats, but without the service fees. That's TickSplits, T-I-X-V-L-I-T-Z.com. Visit today. Welcome to another fun-filled Monday edition of Second City Sports. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. Make sure you download this Sports Soul Chicago app because you want to know why. Because we said so, that's why. And also, too, you can catch any of our other five live shows throughout the week. If you happen to miss them, you can catch them and watch them at your own leisure. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app today. Speaking of Sports Zone Chicago, you can follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, that's Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You want to catch the audio version of this podcast, Second City Sports? You could do so by subscribing to War or Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type this in your search engine boxes on those podcast platforms. You ready? W-A-R-R on Anchor. Once again, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at War Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are on the pod, Jackly Fun, and we have very definite opinions. You have any opinions or do any of our topics during our two-hour extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But decide to troll and or do something stupid. I'm giving Lakina the full boat to give you fools to build lame beer boot. Bye bye. <laughs> I love when she does that. Lakina, let's start off the Monday edition of Second City Sports because spring is in the air. The weather is turning and directions are turning for both our Chicago baseball teams. First, let's start off with the Chicago White Sox. They are currently winners of their last six games after sweeping away the Boston Red Sox and Beantown over the weekend in Fenway Park. The White Sox took the finale in front of a national TV audience on the Peacock and NBC by the score of 3-2. to two. The White Sox bullpen was strengthened again by Matt Foster. And Jose Luis and Matt Sousa, who came in and got a one-out save to preserve the sweep the sweep uh, for the Southsiders. The Southsiders got enough hitting, and the bats are starting to heat up. Thank you to Luis Robert, a.k.a. La Pantera, and Jose Abreu, a.k.a. Pito. The White Sox offense, Laquina, was stellar enough over the weekend. The Red Sox 
are terrible as of right now. I'm, I'm not sure they're going to turn it around or not. They need to soon. But back to the Southsiders. Uh, pitching was the name of the game. They got a great uh, start from Dallas Keiko uh, yesterday. It, he did uh, labor a little bit around that sixth inning, but he did enough to put his team in position to win. They got a great start from Dillon Seas on Saturday, even though the offense didn't come alive until late. Friday's game. Uh, same thing, great starting pitch by Vince Velasquez. Uh, the offense uh, picked up a little bit sooner than they did on Saturday. But Lakina, the White Sox, even though they weren't as dominant as we expected, especially offensively, they did enough to win to keep that winning streak alive at six. Yeah, and I think if you're the White Sox, this is definitely the uh, just what the doctor ordered, as you say. You're playing mm -hmm. against you're playing against mediocre and not so good teams. You know, the, the we know the Cubs and every situation we'll get to them in a second. The Red Sox are not very good right now due to injuries and like production and such. But look, this is what you do what you're supposed to do. You, you swept you know, both the Cubs and the Red Sox. You got you've won six in a row. You have a very tough schedule coming up. You play the Guardians tonight. So look, it's one of those things where you sort of like this is sort of the you know, the thing that you're, you're going into a very part tough part of their schedule. We talked about mm -hmm. the last couple of weeks. Now you're getting production from not only your pitching but your hitting as as well. Like, and I think if you're the, the white, if you're a white sauce man, you got to be, you know, you got to be feeling pretty good of where you're at right now. And look, there have been, they're getting contributions, like I said, from everybody. You know, the, the middle relief has been getting mm -hmm. out of jams. The uh, Abreu doing his thing, you know, a two run home run, a two run double, I should say, that you put that game open. So it's, you know, you're 14 and 13, you're a game above 500. So, like I said, you're getting to the tough part of your schedule now. <laughs> And I think this is sort of like the thing that you wanted. You couldn't have asked for anything better right now if you're a White Sox fan. Let's talk about that White Sox bullpen, Lakina. I know Aaron Bummer was the only blip uh, this weekend in that bullpen. Of course, he's going on the injury list due to a bum knee. No pun intended. So <laughs> there you go. As far as the weakest link in that bullpen this year, Kendall Graveman has been great. Uh, except for one mishap a few weeks ago, he's been Great out of the bullpen. Liam Hendricks, as we learned after that Cubs series, uh, his grandfather passed away the day before mm -hmm. that game. That's why he was so emotional on Wednesday. But uh, after his uh, little stint with his injury a couple weeks ago at the Minnesota Twins, where he gave up that home run to Byron Buxton, he's been lights out ever since. So Liam Hendricks, as expected, has picked it up in the closest role. He was unavailable yesterday because he pitched the previous two days. And also, too, Matt Foss, as I mentioned at the top of the show, he came out. Uh, he came out of the Cub game on Wednesday, um, leaving the, almost the bases loaded. Uh, in that situation, he was great once again yesterday, getting the Sox out of trouble coming out of that bullpen. Lakina, we talk about Tony Larusa and his decision making at times, and and at times it does need to be scrutinized. But right now, he's pushing all the right buttons when, buttons when it comes to that bullpen. And right now, I believe tonight, Joe Kelly is making well, uh, is available to make his debut as he comes off the injured list. Of course, Johan Makata, uh, the same thing. So the White Sox will get, get some power back in their bat and also much more better defensively with his glove. And so right now, as far as their bullpen is concerned, LaRusse is uh, pushing all the right buttons for what he has. Yeah, it's sort of and I think that's sort of you know, a good thing too. I mean, for what it from where they were now to where they you know, to where they were then now to where they are, I think it's sort of one of those things where you you feel like okay, you know what, everybody's starting to find their groove at the right time. Abreu's mm -hmm. finding their groove. The pitching, you know, Dylan Cease has been really good, you know, the, so far this year. Uh, he's near the top of many of the top pitching categories, including strikeouts, into the top three. 
and also mm-hmm. to some of the other uh, the the, you know, the relief has been really solid too. That has been sort of like the big glaring uh, red light last year. So yeah, everyone's getting hot at the right time. And look, I think if you're you know, if you're the White Sox, you're right there. Everyone's still betting on you to win the, your AL Central division. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. You got to test part of your schedule coming up. And let, let's see. Look, well, we'll see. Let's see how good the, they, you know, the Guardians have actually had the White Sox number early so far this year. You're facing a, a hot Yankees team later on this week. So it's, it's going to be one of those things where you're going to be like, okay, get took care of you know, what you're supposed to take care of. You took care of your business. Now let's see how you do against some of the better teams. Yeah. Now, a couple more notes about the White Sox before we move on to the North Siders. Jose Abreu, I know many people have talked about his early struggles throughout his career in the first month or so of the season. He's actually starting to turn around. Uh, and it's due to the production of the, of the guys have had it ahead of him in that lineup with Tim Madrison and Luis Robert. Jose Abreu, as you mentioned, uh, picked it up in these last two games, and that's why the White Sox are one of the reasons why the White Sox are still winners right now. And also, too, you have to look at – you mentioned the starting pitcher with Dillis Heath, but look at Michael Kopech, who's uh, who's going to start tonight against Dan Plesek's nephew, Zach Plesek of the Guardians. Uh, he's been almost close to lights, and hopefully it depends on how the game goes tonight. I expect Michael Kopech to pitch in the sixth, maybe into the seventh inning. I know that uh, in his last start against the Cubs, Tony La Russa only pitched him four and a half innings because of the weather conditions at Wrigley. But Michael Kopech has been pretty good uh, um, as a full-time starter this year. Hopefully it depends on how the game goes. I expect it to pitch at least uh, six, perhaps into the seventh inning tonight. And yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. I mean, like I said, like I said before, I mean, this is sort of one of those things where you're you're going to the park, you're you're scheduling, and this is going to be, you know, very interesting to see where this goes. I mean, I think we'll see what what this White Sox team is. Like I said before, this was their problem last year. They did well against the lesser teams, but didn't do well against you know the top teams. So this is definitely you know, hopefully this isn't sort of you know the, the history doesn't repeat itself. But again, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And and just breaking news real quickly, Kina, when, uh, the White Sox announced the return of Joe Kelly and Johan Makata to the um, to the ball club. They optioned Jake Berger down to Charlotte. And, of course, we just talked about Aaron Bummer will be placed on a 10-day uh, injured list. Okay, so we'll we'll see where that goes there. Uh, now, as far as the North Stars to the Cubs, <laughs> they unfortunately got swept by the Dodgers um, this weekend. And, look, they're, they're the Dodgers, so it was really hard to – you know, they've been hot lately, so it's not too, you know, the big surprise. Like, you thought that maybe they would have won one. They would have won, um, I think, Saturday's game, you know, especially the double header, but that mm-hmm. ended up not being the case. And unfortunately, the consistency or lack of consistency from the offense, you know, Sunday nighter, you know, they got beat seven to one on the capper on that game, um, Sunday night baseball, too. Just no, look, I, I think that you know, we look, no one thought that the Cubs would have had a little bit of a streak early on. They're kind of back to being exactly who we thought they were, 9 and 18. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just uh, the pitching's actually been pretty decent. It's just that they did consistent hitting. You saw that they didn't, their bats didn't show up these last couple of days. And again, look, they had to face Walker Bueller and uh, Clayton Kershaw. So it's not, you know, it's yeah. not like they were, they were facing uh, minor leaguers, but it, even still, you thought that maybe they would put a little bit more of an effort. Yeah, I was at that game on Saturday, the first game, of course, Clint Kershaw. Uh, he he was dominant, but he wasn't Clint Kershaw dominant, if you know what I mean. Uh, he didn't have no hitter stuff, but uh, the Cubs, as you mentioned, that first game, they, they could have the, um, scored a couple of runs early, but Kershaw just threw his best stuff in the Cubs offense. I thought they were impatient in that first game. Now, that second game, 
they could have done something, but the Dodgers took advantage of the Cubs' mistakes, especially last night. But uh, back to Saturday's game, we talked about this before, Lakeen. This Cubs offense can put up runs, but it's just in in, in spurts, and they, they don't do it consistently. Like you said, they started pitching has been up and down, but their bullpen has been okay. But uh, the bullpen, uh, you can't really blame this on them this weekend. The Dodgers are a better team. Uh, it, all their way had to been carried by the starting uh, staff of the Cubs, and they're nowhere near where the Dodgers are. So the Dodgers took advantage of the, of the Cubs' mistakes this weekend. You really saw it uh, last night uh, as a uh, base running mistakes, uh, mm-hmm. throwing airs back in mm-hmm. to uh, back of the, uh, behind the backstop. Uh, it was just ugly. A, a team like the Dodgers, if you make a mistake, uh, those veteran teams will make you pay. And that's what we saw this weekend up on the north side. Yeah, it's interesting that uh, they both they scored eight they scored eight runs in their first you know game of the season. Well, yeah, the second game of the season against the Brewers. They, of course, they had the mm-hmm. twenty one spot against the Pirates a couple of weekends ago, but they still got a very high run differential, like minus twenty six. Mm-hmm. So there is an inconsistency right there. So we'll see. And uh, they got a pretty tough schedule too. They got to go at San Diego because they start their West Coast road trip tonight against the Padres. So we'll get to them in a second. Now, like I said, as far as everything else goes, you know, the rest of baseball this weekend, um, for me, I think the one thing that stood out is, uh, look, I think you're, you're, start, you're starting to kind of see, like, teams starting to heat up a bit. You know, the teams that you thought that maybe they could be right there, especially with the, you know, the condensed, you know, spring training and such, we're seeing that. You saw that with the Yankees. I know they lost last night, but they've went eight of their last ten. So as the, you know, the Rays as well, the Sox got to face them this week. Um, I know that uh, the Twins are still, you know, right there. Though they've won seven of their last ten, still. Yeah, they swept Oakland, so yeah, the middle of the three-game uh, winning streak. Uh, of course, we know the Dodgers and the Padres. You know, the Rockies are hanging in there too. You know, the Giants are starting to kind of creep up a little bit. The Ma- the Marlins are starting to kind of fall back to earth a little bit. I know they got a lot of young, good young players, but you know that's. But again, I think they're starting to kind of you know show their worth a little bit and. Uh, Look, and a couple of accomplishments here. Uh, Melky Cabrera, Miguel Cabrera, I should say, became the third player on Saturday, became the third player in MLB history to record 3,000 hits, 500 home runs, and 600 doubles. He had a couple of doubles over the weekend. The other two, uh, Hank Aaron and uh, Albert Pujols. So he uh, joins exclusive company there. So what stood out for you this weekend, Sid, in baseball? As I mentioned, besides the Twins sweeping away Oakland, um, the Atlanta Braves, the defending world champs, <clears throat> they're off to another shaky start this year, but they took two out of three from Milwaukee, so that's great for if you're an Atlanta Braves fan. Hopefully this this will turn around for you to get back being a being one of those teams to be in the NLEs. We all know what the Mets are doing so far this year, having the best record in the National League. So if you're in Atlanta, you cannot fall too far behind. And so that was important for them to win that series at home against Milwaukee. And also, too, I wanted to uh, go back to that series with the um, – see, I got to pull, pull it up here. I want to go back to that series with the uh, Blue Jays uh, in the Guardians. Mm-hmm. I know that the Blue Jays are hot right now. I know they cooled off a little bit earlier last week, but that's still going to be a dangerous team. Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, he, he's a, a definitely a, a AL MVP uh, top candidate. Jose Barrios. At least that uh, young staff. Of course, yeah, Kevin Gossman, another starting starting uh, pitcher for the Blue Jays. Uh, the Blue Jays starting pitching is going to have to come around to help out with that offense. We know that that offense for the Blue Jays, those bats are going to bring, but they need some um, starting pitchers to be consistent to go along with that, help out that offense. 
They do, and uh, hopefully they can get that consistently. That was a very problem last year. I mean, they had the bats. Yeah. We know they can hit, but the pitching has was an issue. And look, we're seeing that we're seeing that earlier. You know, Garen and what he's done. Uh, Romano leads the league in saves right now, so maybe Toronto is starting to kind of mm-hmm. you know prove that they are they can pitch in big situations. You're going to need that against you know team, especially in the ALE. So hopefully this is sort of like start, starting to turn a little bit for their that pitching you know they got a look you know they've got a, a very tough schedule to themselves we'll get to that in a second now as far as everything else is concerned i mean i'm, I'm wondering you know about the twins the twins are another one of those teams but josh winder you know he became the fourth pitcher with seven plus strikeouts and zero earned runs in his first two career starts we'll see if they can he can keep that up and we'll see in Minnesota. I know Minnesota sort of, you know, some of the moves they made, you know, during the offseason, we talked about that. I mean, Byron Buxton mm-hmm. is tied for the league in runs. So they are, you know, Minnesota's got, you know, players. Now, can they keep can they keep it going? That's the number one question. And also, too, they're doing it without Carlos Correa, who got injured the other day. So he's going to mm-hmm. be on the IL for a bit. So, well, they, they're having a, a tough, they're going to have a tough challenge right now as they're going to, uh, they're dealing with injuries. So them and the White Sox are going to be in a race in the AL Central for a while to the White Sox hopefully get their act together and uh, keep winning consistently as we ho- hope as, as White Sox fans. Also, too, let's give some love to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They had the best start uh, to the season, to their season since 2004. That was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So first year in the Angels uniform, of course, now Baseball Hall of Fame. Of course, they lost to the eventual world champion, the Red Sox, that year in the 04. But the Angels are off to their best start in, in 18 years. Yeah, and we'll, we'll see where we keep that up. But look, the Houston is right behind them. They're at, they're, they have a seven-game winning streak, so... <laughs> It'll be that'll be another uh, division yeah. to look out for. It, and they took two or three off a bad Washington Nationals team this weekend. Yeah. Juan Soto so, is good, but the rest of that team is. Ugh. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what they they can do there. Uh, that that division will probably you know a lot to say in that division as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, so so a lot of these divisions are still you know right there. I mean, we know the, how the wild the West is. Um, I know the Padres. Uh, if if you knock out wood, no one gets hurt. I know Manny Machado has been doing his thing with the bats. Yeah, but again, you know the, what happened. You know, let's hope he stays healthy. That that was the sort of big thing that you know derailed their season last year. Um, mm-hmm. The Yankees and the Rays, you know, we know what they can do. Uh, the Blue Jays, you know, they lost a couple in a row. They didn't have a very good weekend, so you know they're they're starting to kind of you know they're still right there as well. But uh, yeah, so many oh things with you know with the baseball and everything else with the stats and everything. So we'll we'll see what happens there, but. Going through the schedule for some of the other series that are coming up this week. Some some games are going on right now as we speak. Kansas City and Baltimore, um, they're tied right now at one apiece. Uh, you got New York and Texas. That's another uh, early game. You know they just started. Uh, yeah, a lot of rainouts from the weekend, so these yeah. uh, games are being made up today. Yeah, that's where a lot of them. You know the early scheduling and such. Mm-hmm. The Dodgers go you know, continue their East Coast trip. They get they face Pittsburgh. Milwaukee and Cincinnati again. North start start times there. Oakland. Oh, Cincinnati's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. That's just they're just brutal, brutal, brutal. Yeah. Uh, well, they actually scored seven runs on Saturday. I mean, that's true. <laughs> that's you know that's more than they scored in any the first their first five twenty five games. Let's throw a parade. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Oakland, Detroit. Um, of course, you know, Cleveland and the White Sox, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Rays and Angels, that should be a fun series. Yes. Um, Cubs and San Diego, of course, we talked about that. That'll be a, the first game of that game. The first game of that series will be on ESPN Plus. Miami and Arizona, you know, like I said, Miami's got some good players, but they're starting to kind of fall back a little bit. 
two teams that have not done very well so far. Expectations were pretty good for them. Philly and Seattle, we'll see who has the edge in that series. And Colorado and San Francisco. Uh, let's see if I missed any. Uh, Boston and Atlanta. That's a 6-20 game on TBS. The first game That's of that tomorrow. Tuesday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Tuesday night. Uh, the, that Tuesday night game is going to be uh, every week starting this week for TBS. Uh, New York and Washington. We'll see if the Mets can keep up. Mm-hmm. Uh, their hot start. Uh, yeah, get credit, Buck Walter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been. You know, look, I think. Look, I think he's. It helps that he's actually been following the sport. You know, being an analyst and such. So mm-hmm. we'll see if that. You know, these are the Mets, so we'll see if they can keep it up. And also, too, you yeah, have the Blue Jays and Yankees starting tomorrow. Uh, the, these two teams have already played two series already mm-hmm. this year. Uh, the only thing that's disappointing about this matchup, like, and they couldn't baseball couldn't spread the scheduling out. I know for yeah, the season they don't yeah. have to play all these uh, divisional games all bunched up throughout the se- uh, to start the season. But it's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's because I guess the scheduling. I guess they had to kind of put all these games sort of you know bunched up like this. But I'm sure they're going to be sick of each other. Thankfully, they don't play each other anymore until next month after this. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm sure they'll be glad that they don't have to deal with each other. So we'll see how they do uh, yeah. this weekend. Both of them have 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 edges in you know, series <laughs> so far. So and also Houston, they swept Detroit at home over the weekend. They'll go to Minnesota to take on the Twins. Hopefully, they help out the White Sox. Mm-hmm. And then you have Baltimore at St. Louis tomorrow. And then Kansas City at Texas. So, so those are the series that are kicking off uh, today and tomorrow for this upcoming week around Major League Baseball. All right, we're going to do a little round ball after this break. Uh, all the series are well, mo- yeah, well, all the series are tied. Well, there won't be any sweeps, as we'll say that you know, including <laughs> two series that are now tied at two, and there might be some other things going on there too. We'll we'll talk about that. Also, to uh, MVP was announced, and I'm going to tell you guys. Why I have a problem, but I'm gonna say it in the nicest way possible. Long with Sydney Brown, I'm Lakina McGee, the second season sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you in a bit. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109, the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. 
Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to babbel.com to try for free. That's B A B B E L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. You have a question or comment for us? Do over our now 90 minutes of extravagance. We call it Sports Talk Radio Show. You can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's start off with the weekend's action from the NBA playoffs. We'll start off with the uh, results from Friday's games, of course, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in the Miami Heat game three. Uh, Miami lost by 20, so the Philadelphia got back in the series with a win on Friday. Of course, the other half of that doublehead on Friday, Dallas won the first uh, the, the first of those two home games. As we predicted, uh, they defeated the Phoenix Suns there. Um, we know those two teams played yesterday. We'll review those games coming up in, in just a couple of minutes. But let's go to Saturday's action, Lakina. In game three of the Easter Conference uh, second round, it was the Milwaukee Bucks holding on to defeat the Boston Celtics one on three to one on one. Al Horford's tipping at the buzzer was waved off because it went in after the red light came on. Lakina, Milwaukee started out strong. Boston uh, did their best to hang in there. Had a couple opportunities to take over the game in the fourth quarter, but Milwaukee did just enough to win. Well, and I think and Giannis actually didn't have his best game, and I think which is sort of weird mm -hmm. to say that's if you're if you're a Giannis fan. But uh, I think this is when the role players and well, forty-two points ain't too shabby though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, well, I mean, Giannis, you know, look, of course he's, too, but look, the other guys stepped up too, and and also too, look, they didn't have their best game, the Celtics. I mean, you know, Jalen mm -hmm. Brown was just you know, I mean, it was just one yeah, of those. Yeah, 10 points is not going to get it done. Yeah, that's not going to work. And if you're trying to win it, and they look, they, they were right there, the Celtics, even mm -hmm. despite, you know, Brown not having his, his best game, they were still right there. And unfortunately, you know, look, look I mean, I mean, you know, Tatum, Tatum is one of those guys where you're just going to have to, that's probably his worst, you know, shooting of his career in the playoffs. You can't mm -hmm. do that, especially you when you had your chance to win that game still. Despite yeah. uh, uh, Tatum's uh, ten points, but uh, yeah, it, it's sort of one of those things where you just sort of like I, I, I look. You let an opportunity slip slip away from you, Boston. That's all you can really say. Uh, True Holiday had twenty five points. You had to help without Giannis. Pat Connaughton had eleven points off the bench. He had some big shots as well for the Bucks. So this is sort of one of those things where. We'll we'll see what happens tonight, but again, I know if you're a boss, you're kicking yourselves because you had a shot, you were right there, but again, you couldn't pull it out. So, and Tatum, uh, like Tatum, can't afford to have these type of games, especially if you're trying to pull off the uh, quote unquote upset. So he definitely needs to get it together in that sense. Yeah, both teams didn't really shoot the ball well from two nor from three. Of course, Milwaukee had forty percent shooting, Boston at thirty six three point shooting. 
uh, nothing to write home about 27 to 26 for both teams. But it, it came down to rebounding with the 53-47 inch that the Milwaukee Bucks had. Of course, uh, they made some plays uh, at the end. Of course, Drew Howell that you mentioned with the 25-point performance, he had a big-time shot, which uh, put the Bucks up by three late in that game, of course. Uh, Boston made some free throws, and then they had a chance to tie it at the uh, to tie it at the end uh, to go into overtime. Uh, it just didn't work out for the Celtics. Now, if you're the Celtics, but well, we'll we'll get into this as we preview the games uh, uh, for tonight coming up later on. But like like you said, Boston just had opportunity slip through their fingers. And Al Horford had his best game as a pro in a while with 22 points. I know Jalen Brown had 27, but you definitely need some more production, uh, uh, not just from Jason Tatum, but guys coming off your off your bench, and that's been their problem throughout these playoffs so far, especially yeah. in this series. Yeah, I know Robert Williams. You know he did the best he could. I know he's coming off of an injury. He had nine mm-hmm. points, but he needs to step it up a little bit. Grant Williams off the bench. He needs to step it up. I know Marcus Smart is coming off off an injury as well, but mm-hmm. he too has to step up. So I think look, role players. I think is is key, and we're seeing it. Bucks you know, role players have have uh, come up and have stepped up. The, you know, so so far the Celtics you know haven't their role players. So this is definitely a pivotal game for them tonight. And for me, they have to win this because if they go down three one, I don't want to say the series is over with, but it's it's going to be a tougher hill to climb for the for the Celtics to come back. Now, in the second game of the playoff doubleheader from Saturday, it was game three between the Golden State Warriors and the Memphis Grizzlies from the Chase Center in downtown San Francisco. The Warriors dominated the Grizzlies, uh, defeating them by the score of 142 to 112. John Morant's uh, uh, right knee was nicked up again. It looks like he's going to miss tonight's game. We'll give you more details on that game in just a moment. But reviewing game three, Lakina, the Warriors came out to play. Steph Curry had 30 points. Clay Thompson, 21, including four or six from downtown. They had contributions all off their bench. Does his name sound familiar to you, Lakina? Otto Porter Jr., 13 mm. points off the bench. Jordan Poole, 27, who's been uh, the, the hot story from the Warriors during these playoffs so far. So the Warriors got contributions from uh, all important players involved. Andrew Wiggins, again, with another 17-point performance. On the flip side for the Grizzlies, as we mentioned, John Moran, he had 34 points, but he injured his knee uh, late in that game. Jared Jackson, as we talked about on Friday, Lakina, I was looking for him to have in a big game. He had 15 points, but only three rebounds. Uh, that's not going to get it done. I know the game got out of hand late, but the Memphis Grizzlies, outside of Moran's 34 points, they really didn't get contributions from, in, uh, from anybody else. Desmond Bain has 16. Nice stat line, but... I know part of it, uh, the game was out of reach late, but you really didn't uh, get anything else from your bench. And, uh, and Memphis has really good depth. It just didn't show up on Saturday. I know the Warriors are a better team, but Memphis really didn't show up in that second half. Well, well, two things. Um, they were, you know, the Warriors shot sixty percent from the field. They they shot about sixty-two percent, ninety-four percent from the three from the free throw line. They're the second team. In history, to have to show to shoot sixty percent from the field, fifty percent from free, and ninety in playoff history. The only other team to do that was yeah, go you got a little further back. You got go about twenty one years. Uh, the seventy six was led by I- Iverson. He had fifty two points in that game. We so, talk about practice. <laughs> yeah, well, that that well that the anniversary of that infamous uh, practice. <laughs> that, that might be him calling uh, right now. But uh, uh, look, they had contributions. Look, Jonathan Kaminga. Yo, there's a name that yo people probably don't know too much about. Yo, he mm-hmm. came to 
he had uh, 19 points. He became the, uh, the fourth teenager to score 18 points in a playoff game, joining Kobe, Tony Parker, and Carmelo. So that's a pretty that's pretty good company there. Now, as far as how Morant got hurt, I know people want to say I don't. Grizzlies fans are like, well, that was a dirty play by Paul. No, I mean, look, he was already having problems with his knee. That was the knee he was having problems with earlier in the year. So I think people need to mm-hmm. kind of just, and he was still, you know, that's been bothering him all year. So I think people need to kind of just, you know, and I'm glad that the NBA for once sort of said, look, there was nothing, you know, malicious about it and such. Glad they took care of that. I know that, you know, the the role player set up when Ja was hurt the first time he was out for those, what, mm-hmm. 19, 20 games? Yeah. The problem is these are the playoffs. And you're facing a Warriors team that's actually really good. A lot of these guys are veterans. So I, I if he doesn't play tonight, it looks like he's not. You know, Taylor Jenkins said that he probably isn't. The series might be over with. I'm not saying that the Grizzlies are capable of pulling, of, you know, evening the series up, but... It looks like, and I'll get to Draymond. Mom might, Draymond might be playing a little bit inspired, because you know I'll, I'll get to that in a second. You know, because the college hoops news, I'm sad college hoops news there, but it's one of those things where you know you're getting contributions from you know Clay, Steph, Drew, Andrew Wiggins, of course. You know, Jordan Poole is doing his thing in the playoffs. You just, it just. You're seeing the Warriors at their best right now, and it's going to be very hard for the Grizzlies to catch up, especially if Ja can't play tonight. Yeah. As you mentioned, the Warriors are having clicking all cylinders right now. We talked about uh, Gary Payne the second. He was really making an impact before he got hurt in game two uh, last Tuesday. But the Warriors keep marching on, and they have uh, the more experienced team than the Memphis Grizzlies do. So the Warriors, oh, hopefully you can um, – uh, I'm not going to say close it out tonight, but really send a message to Memphis and say, hey, we're the better team. I don't know you're missing your superstar, but we still had to uh, play ball in in this series in the hurry. So we'll see what happens tonight. Now let's review the games from uh, yesterday. Lakina, as you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition on Sports on Chicago, we're live in 11 Color City. Lakina here with you talking NBA playoffs. Now the two games from yesterday – the Dallas Mavericks win game four in their home court, defeating the Phoenix Suns by the score of 111 to 101, tying that best of seven series at two games apiece. Lakina Chris Paul, <laughs> he had an impact both on and off the court, yelling at a, f- a fan, yelling at him, but thank goodness nothing too much occurred after that. But as far as the game was concerned, he only had five points and, and five rebounds. Uh, he This is the first time he really had a, a struggled in this series. Uh, Jameson Crowder had 15 for, for the Suns and six rebounds. DeAndre Aiden had another double-double, 14 points, 11 rebounds. Devin Booker led all scorers for 35. He was the only reason why the Phoenix Suns were in that game in the first half. Dallas shot lights out, especially from three-point range uh, in that first half. Uh, so that was the reason why the Dallas – one of the reasons why Dallas won that game yesterday. Outside of Cam Johnson's 11 points off the bench, you didn't – get too much as far as contribution is concerned from the Phoenix uh, Suns Finch. Dorian Finney-Smith on the flip side for Dallas, he had the game of his life, in my opinion, 24 points, including 8 of 12 from three-point range. Uh, Luka Doncic had 26, a, a mild game for him, using air quotes here from Luka, even though he shot 1 of 10 from three-point range, but you can get away with that. Reggie Bullock only had seven points, but it was Bertans off the bench with 12 points. Uh, Max Keebler, had 11 points off the bench. And Spencer did with still struggling shooting the ball in this series, but he contributed with 10 points. 
Well, starting with uh with CP3, they're now oh he's now on for his team's now on fourteen in games that he fouled out. Now we'll get to all that in a second because I think there's some other stuff. Now, as far as look, Dorian Finney-Smith is not going to be eight eight for twelve from three point range, you know, every game. And just when you thought that the Suns, I think they got down to like six at one point, but you know they. You know, Faye Smith hit another three, and then Luca did his thing and everything, and Brunson hit a big shot. Some of the calls in that game, especially the last couple of games, maybe I don't know if it was home calls or whatever, but it just seemed like there was a lot of inconsistencies in some of the, the foul calls. Yeah, some and of I'm the saying, physical play was definitely allowed yesterday. Yeah, and it was one of those things where you're, you're kind of like, you got to roll your eyes for a second. Okay, when's the consistency in some of the refereeing? But yeah. I digress. But, uh, you know, look, I mean, the Suns had their shots, you know, to have to really try to keep, play catch up. I know. I know, you know, CP3 was in foul trouble and some other stuff that we'll talk about that in a second, but Mikhail Bridges, uh, where were you? Six points? No. Uh, Cam <laughs> Johnson could be doing a little bit more. Some of the other uh, campaign could be doing a little bit more. Uh, Aaron Holiday could be doing a little bit more, too. Look, a lot of the role players have to step up. I know Crowder. Crowder was dinged up a little bit. He came back, scored 15. He could still do a little bit more as well, so... They need to kind of just get back into, you know, to being the team that you thought. Now, we didn't think it was going to be a sweep or even a gentleman's sweep, but I had the Suns at six. I'm on my way there. And look, same here. <laughs> and look, they've won their two games at home. You thought that maybe the Mavs could do it. They've done it. Now it goes back to Phoenix. Now Phoenix needs to kind of step up. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah, two key stats to, uh, to to take away from yesterday's game. 17 turnovers by the Suns, and then, of course, 9 of 25 shooting for three-point range at 36%. That's not going to get it done. Uh, the, the Suns will have game five on the home court tomorrow night. I expect Phoenix to turn up and, and play a whole lot better. We talked about this last week, Lakina. Dallas is a very good defensive team, and give head coach Jason K credit for that. But it was their role players we just mentioned that stepped up over the weekend the, the one of the reasons why they won games three and four in their home court. Now the home teams are four and no in this series. Can Dallas still game five uh, in, in Phoenix tomorrow? We'll find out. It, I, I'm not putting it out the question, but uh, any anything can happen. So, uh, th- like you said, this series is far from over, and game five is really going to be a, be the pivotal game of this series. And I think we'll, we'll talk more about that in a second. Now the mm-hmm. other game, the earlier game, uh, well the late game, I should say in this case. Uh, the Sixers beat the Heat 116-108, tying that series. That's just, despite Jimmy Butler's 40 points, it wasn't enough. Very and, quiet 40 points. Yeah, it really didn't matter at some point. I know that the Heat kept it close, but the Sixers didn't, you know, kind of slam the door. You saw a little bit of uh, vintage playoff hardness, as you were calling him. 31 points. He was Yeah, he finally showed points. up. <laughs> he was three-point range. You know, Embiid, you know, of course, you know, staying dove, he had 24 Tobias Harris at 13, Tyrese Maxey had 18. So a good, a good solid team went for the Sixers to sort of, you know, tie that series up. But unfortunately for the Heat, I know Kyle Lowry's, you know, the, you know, the injury that the hamstring is bothering him. You can tell that that's going to be a problem. He only scored six points. Like I know Oladipo, uh, he did his thing. And also Tyler Hero as well off the bench, but they could have done more. But more guys need to step up. I know Bam, Bam had 21 to kick into that, but Max Trust needs to step up. PJ Tucker, seven points. That's not going to do it for you. You're only one for only one for four for three point range. That's not going to do it. So I think, uh, yeah. Well, we'll I don't know if this we're going to see the same. We're going to see this hard the rest of the series. But I guess nice. To, it was nice to see him yesterday. Yeah, I know he's on the picture behind me. If you're watching on our um, uh, YouTube or 
a Facebook page at Sports Zone Chicago. It was nice to see James Harden show up. Besides just showing up to for tip off, he actually was the facilitator in in the in, in the tone center for the Philadelphia 76ers last night. We mentioned with the 31 points, but he also dished out nine assists and grabbed seven rebounds. So he almost had a triple double there. James Harden uh, had an all around game, and his teammates were looking for him. And Joel Embiid had a quiet night with 24 points and 11 rebounds. But as we said, Lakina, everything doesn't have to fall on the big guy. Other people have to step up. James Harden uh, is the the, the co-leader of that team. Uh, he did his thing last night. Tobias Harris, as I told you, he's going to be the key to this series. I know he got hit below the neck late in that game. It turned out he he's okay. But he, even though he only had 13 points, it was James Harden that set the tone for the rest of the guys. And on the flip side for Miami, Outside of Butler's quiet 40 points, um, the Heat overall didn't shoot the ball well, in particular from three-point range. I know they ended the game shooting, shooting it from 20%, only 7 to 35. But Philadelphia, the, the key was there. They're rebounding, uh, especially offensively with, with five. And they, they shot the ball well from three-point range at, at a 46% rate. And so Philadelphia shot the ball well from deep. And uh, you saw a little bit in that game three victory on uh, last Friday, but they were really hot from beyond the arc yesterday. So that was the main reason why they won that game, besides James Harden setting the tone. Yeah, I mean, 48.5% from three-point range for the, the six or so. Definitely, uh, probably no one really expected this, I think. I think yeah, Sixers fans were sort of trying to kind of game up on this series. But uh, look, I mm -hmm. think it was now a best of three, and we'll see which you know, who steps up. And again, it's going to be very... They'll be very uh this these last you know these two series I think we we expect these these series not to go in six so hmm. we'll see if both the number one seeds the Suns and the Heat can kind of step up and we'll talk about that in a second going into tonight's games and this is gonna be interesting here you got the the Celtics and the Bucks of course Bucks will try to uh get a, one, a three one lead and a you know two all you know we'll try to even a series the Celtics do where do you see this matchup. Like, like you said a few minutes ago, the Celtics better get this one tonight because if they don't, uh, they're definitely in trouble. You know, game five will be back on the, on their home court. Milwaukee, uh, their role players are starting to step up now. You mentioned Drew Holiday. He's uh, he's the number two guy next to Giannis now with Chris Milton out of the lineup. Well, let's see what Grayson Allen does. Let's see what Bobby Portis can give you a little bit more. I know he only he got away with it on Saturday with nine points and seven uh, seven rebounds, but let's see if he can do a bit a little bit more. He's the energy spark plug for that team. Let's see if he can bring it tonight because it, they can sense the kill leading that series two games to one. So who's going to help out Giannis? Though, like I said, that was a quiet forty-two. But outside outside of Drew Holiday, who else is going to step up uh, score, scoring wise for Boston? Jason Tatum has to be aggressive, taking the ball to the basket. We know that he can uh, shoot the jump shot very well, but let's see him being aggressive, going to the cup and you know, get to the free throw line. And let's see if a, a couple of guys off the bench can step up as well because that's yeah. going to be the key for tonight's game. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up. You know, will Tatum, I'm sure Tatum will have a better game than he did on Saturday, but uh, he's going to have to if the Celtics will try to uh, tie this series. Memphis and uh, Golden State, it looks like uh, John Morant will not play tonight, it looks like. Um, Memphis, and look, I look, these are the playoffs now. Let's see. I know you want mm -hmm. people to say that it's not just John Morant and these other guys. Well, now I get to step up. Will he do it tonight against the Warriors? 
Well, they're going to have to, Lakina. They did it early in, in the season when John Moran missed uh, those double-digit games. Of course, they were playing everybody on their schedule at the time. You're not playing the depleted Lakers. You're not playing the Bulls. You're not playing Charlotte. You're playing the Golden State Warriors, one of the top teams in the league. And it's definitely going to have to be a collective effort. It starts with Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks. If he, if he, I think he should be returning tonight from that one-game suspension. So it's definitely going to be a total team effort. You're going to have to score inside because the Warriors have killed him with, with the interior defense, uh, especially in, in this series. So it's going to be a collective effort for Memphis tonight, and we'll we'll see what happens. I, I'm putting the pressure on Desmond Bain to be the leader scoring-wise. We'll see what happens with that. On the flip side for Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry continues to be consistent. Klay Thompson, uh, let's see if he can uh, drop, drop, drop in more than just 21 points, although he was very effective on Saturday. And let, let's see if Jordan Poole, conti- Jordan Poole continues his uh, hot start to these playoffs in his first go around in the playoffs. So, so it's going to be tough. I think the Warriors will come out on top tonight. Uh, I know they're favored by 10, but I think Memphis is going to give them a little bit of a battle. Uh, they're not going to lose by 30 points again. I guarantee you that. But I think the Warriors will pull out enough plays down the stretch to pull it out at the end. Well, and I would also add that Draymond Green might be playing a little inspired because he lost one of his teammates tragically from Michigan State, Adrian Payne. Uh, I'll spare you guys the details, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, uh, died early this morning. Um, he was a, two t- a two-time second-team All-Big Ten. He and Draymond, the rest of the Spartans, uh, went all the way to the, uh, to the Elite Eight in 2014. I remember that team well as one of my favorite teams in recent years in the big 10. So dopey's I know they were still pretty close. You know, he's been struggling in the, in the G league um, pain has. And if you guys don't, uh, don't remember the story, uh, I'll, I'll keep it short, but uh, he befriended a young girl named Lacey Holsworth, who, you know, had cancer throughout that season, that that season they went to the uh, elite eight. She unfortunately lost her battle a few years ago. And um, the only solace here is that now they're together again. I know they were really good friends. He was like, you know, his younger sister. I know that I know both their families are, you know, having a, just, you know, just a hug, you know, nice little hug. But uh, I, like I said before, you know, rest in peace to, to both of them and, you know, praise their families. But I, like mm-hmm. I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Dream Mountain plays a little inspired tonight. Yeah, we'll see. Have us in game four of this series between Memphis in Golden State. That game will take place tonight at 9 o'clock on TNT. The first game, Celtics at the Bucks will be at 6.30 also on TNT. Going through the schedule for the rest of the week for the NBA playoffs. Tomorrow, Tuesday, 76ers at Miami for Game 5 of that series. That series is best of seven series. is tied at two games apiece. It's a best two out of three with Miami holding home court. Two out of the next three games are down there in Miami. And tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, Game 5 between Dallas and Phoenix. That game will take place in Phoenix. That's at 9 p.m. That game will be also be seen on TNT. Now, Wednesday, uh, Game 5, it will be necessary. 6 p.m. on TNT, Milwaukee at Boston for that one. Game 5 back in Boston, followed by Warriors at Grizzlies. Game 5 from Memphis FedEx Forum. That's at 8.30 p.m. That game can be also also can be seen on TNT. Then on Thursday, uh, game six, uh, who could, which team will get the opportunity to close it out? Uh, Miami at Philadelphia. That's at 6 o'clock on Thursday on ESPN. That's game six of that series. And then game six of the Phoenix-Dallas series will take place in Dallas uh, at 8.30 p.m. 
on Thursday. That's on ESPN. Who will which team will get a chance to close out that series? So that's your playoff schedule for this week from the NBA. We'll see, you know, on all four of these series, we'll see if some of these teams will be wrapping up series or will be extending series mm-hmm. perhaps maybe five or six. We'll see what happens there. You're listening to Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago along with Cindy Brown and Lakina McGee. And uh, some news that leaked this morning about who's going to be the MVP, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. And it is back to back for Nikola Jokic. And I mean, okay. I'm going to have to calm myself for a second because, look, no shade to Jokic and what he's done. I'm not going to, you know, rag on him. I mean, okay, he's a 15. He'll be the 15 player to win a, to win multiple MVPs and only one of four players right now active to do so, along with, of course, LeBron and Steph and, of course, you know, Giannis just a few years ago. I, I know some people say, oh, you know, look, I know – Look, I've heard, I've seen people on Twitter talk about this, you know, all the basketball experts. But they're, you're telling me there's no way. We saw what happened those first two games against the I know it's almost a regular season war, but you saw how the Sixers were without Embiid. And no shade to Jokic. Jokic basically had to keep that team afloat. The only, one, the only mm-hmm. reason why they even made the playoffs Nuggets it was because of Jokic. Does that make a valuable? Maybe. But the thing is, this is the most valuable player to his team. I know that's what some people are going to do their argument where, look, if it wasn't for him, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. The Nuggets I'm talking about. But you're telling me what MB did, the epitome of what most valuable player is. I don't know. Look, I, well, I guess we got to see the breakdown of the votes because they haven't released that yet. If it does come down to like just a few first place votes, okay, I'll I'll give that to Jokic. But if some are not voting for MB, you know, just because. I don't know, but what do you think, Sid? I will counter your argument with this. Jokic, he is the definition of an MVP, most valuable player, correct? Because he did it without Jamal Murray, and he did it without Michael Porter Jr. Like you said, he kept that team afloat, and that's why even though Denver ended up with the sixth seed at the end of the regular season, Jokic did what he had to do. He reached down and did a little bit more to get Denver afloat, so... For the, for that uh, for that he does match of MVP most valuable player. Now my vote I told you it would have been for Devin Booker, but uh, half of y'all don't watch basketball outside the East Coast, so uh, you get exposed right there. But I think it, it was between Jokic and Embiid. I would have given it to Embiid personally because Philadelphia, yes, they had their struggles to start the year. You know the Ben Simmons nonsense. Uh, uh, James Harden was traded uh, to them uh, at the trade deadline. Joel Embiid, yes, he missed a few games here and there, a couple, uh, unlike a year ago at this time. Joel Embiid, for the first time in a while, has been uh, healthy for the most part, unlike LeBron James uh, playing the majority of the 82-game season. And Joel Embiid does fit that definition of MVP. He impacts winning on that squad more than Jokic does when that Nuggets team is healthy. But well, we, talked to, we talked about this when we had Big Dave Watson and Matt Peck on from CHGO Chicago. A podcast they cover the Bulls for, for that great uh, outlet, and the I guess the voters uh, didn't mind giving the MVP to a, uh, to a team that finished in sixth place, even though they had a bunch of injuries. No, it's not Jokic's fault, but he did what he had to do to keep that team up afloat. 
Philadelphia has been around the top three. Of the, they were around the top three in the standings all season long. And, and Joel Embiid played without Ben Simmons. And, he, and Harden came in late, uh, barely for the second half of that run. And so Joel Embiid has been more the consistent one for me. And I would have given my vote to Embiid. But yeah, yeah, and you're right. I mean, look, if that if that's what these voters' definition of MVP is, okay, Jokic, okay, yeah, he was the reason why they even got to the playoffs and Nuggets. And but you're also talking about a player who's been consistent. You know, I'm talking about Embiid. Yeah, they, yeah, it's like you said. Yes, they had the whole thing with Ben Simmons and that whole that just you know tomfoolery and everything else. Okay, I get it. But I like I said, I gotta see the breakdown of the votes because I'm thinking it's it, it came down to just like maybe just a couple of votes, maybe a handful of votes. So we'll mm -hmm. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens in the coming days. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two straight ahead as you're listening to Second City Sports, the Monday edition live in the Living Color or Sports on Chicago. We have the NFL Monday Night Football opening week schedule to talk about. Your surely is happy and not at the same time. We'll explain. Of course, we still have our playoff series review to can to discuss with the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. Things are getting interesting in all eight series. And we have to pay tribute to a television show that revolutionized one cable network in the late 80s into the 90s. And we have some sports media news to pass along to you guys. All that and more, our number two is next. You're listening to Second City Sports right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
Welcome back to our number two of Second City Sports, the Monday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. I am Cindy Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, it's SidK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan's McGee on the IG. We have six, less than 16 minutes left of this extravaganza we call a sports talk radio show. You have a question or comment for us, make sure you go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Lakina, let's kick off our number two of Second City Sports by discussing the NHL playoffs, as we call it, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Now, we'll quickly run down the scores from Saturday's games. Most of these uh, um, teams that played on Saturday, they'll play tonight. We'll get to that in just a second. But here are some of the scores from Saturday's action. In game three of the uh, Panthers Capitals series, the Capitals, the Washington Capitals, or the Crapitals, the most old schoolers will call them, <laughs> uh, they defeated the Florida Panthers 6-1 to one to take a 2-1 to one series lead. In that first round series, the Colorado Avalanche moving over to the Western Conference. They take care of the Nashville Predators in game three of that series, 7-3. to three. We told you Nashville stinks. They barely made the playoffs for a reason. Now you know why. Because you have no mm. goaltending and no scoring. <laughs> but yeah. I, <laughs> not ex- pretty much what I expected this series was going to go. Exactly. I'm, I'm not, we might see our very first sweep tonight. But, uh, again, we'll see if uh, Colorado can close it out. And continuing our scores from Saturday, the uh, Rangers – Pittsburgh series has been very entertaining thus far. Game three, uh, the Penguins come out on top seven to four. The, uh, the power play for Pittsburgh was the difference, and everyone was scoring two goals. And the Rangers, they really couldn't get anything going. And we'll preview the uh, the games coming up tonight. But the New York Rangers uh, currently trail this series two games to one. And the Dallas Stars, yes, the Dallas Stars, Mister uh, the inconsistency team, uh, they they held on for a 4-2 win over Calgary in game three late Saturday night. So they take a 2-1 to one series lead in the best of seven in that first round series in the Western Conference. Now, going to the games from yesterday, Lakina had a chance to watch a couple of them. The first game that was played on ESPN late Sunday morning for those of us here in the Central Time Zone. The Boston Bruins uh, got back in this series, tying the best of seven series uh, with the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, defeating Carolina at home by the score of 5-2. to two. The power play was has been the difference for the Boston Bruins in this series. I know, I know the Carolina uh, head coach was complaining about not getting enough calls. Hey, that's what happens in Stanley Cup playoffs come this time of year. You're allowed a little bit more physical play. Boston has uh, taken a, uh, taken advantage on their power play uh, during this series. It's been up and down this year, but uh, during the last two games, it's been stellar. Yeah, it has. And uh, Brad Marchand, who you know, got gets a little bit chippy, chippy between him and a couple of the Carolina players uh, earlier in that game. But, look, he scored two goals, and that breaks a tie with Phil Esposito for the third most in uh, Bruins history and the franchise history. He joins uh, uh, Berger on his team in the top three mm-hmm. now. So big accomplishment for him as well. And uh, also, too, um, it'll be interesting to see about this series because I always felt that this was one of those series where – you know, it's going to be like who's going to step up. And it looks like so far, I think it's been both. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah tomorrow's uh, game five is pivotal. But again, we'll get to that in a second. And I actually saw a couple of, I saw that game for a few minutes. So that was, it was actually really a, a great, uh, it's just been a great series so far as we thought it would be, Sid. So, yes, it's definitely living up to the hype, uh, Canes and uh, Bruins. 
Now, who's going to steal home ice? Because two of the next three games mm-hmm. are in Carolina. As, as the old saying goes, uh, a series doesn't start until the road team steals one. So we'll see what happens in that series. As Lakina men- mentioned, game five will take will take place from Carolina tomorrow night. Uh, continuing our review from yesterday, the St. Louis Blues get back into the series against the Minnesota Wild, defeating Minnesota on their home ice by the score of 5-2, to two, tying that best of – uh, seven series, the first round series at two games apiece. I told you, Lakina, Minnesota, this is not their chance to steal, uh, steal a first round series. I don't know what is. I don't know when that's going to be. This is the best young core they have in a long time. I know St. Louis has had a bounce back year, and Vladimir Terry Singles had a bounce back year. But Andre Flory, uh, game five, uh, this is time for him to steal a game at home. Yeah. You yeah, would think we'll it would happen. You would think yeah, it would well, happen. They have the yeah, score to back them up. Yeah, and uh, I don't know what happened there. It's just that their their goaltending just wasn't you know wasn't there, and uh, they 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 tied it. They you know they just couldn't really get it going. I mean, Kemperzov had that early goal to tie it, but you know mm-hmm. their their offense. You know, uh, Piron had that you know, sort of like that go ahead goal. I know Kiru had a had a goal in the second period that kind of you know put kind of put the game away. So game five is pivotal again tomorrow. So again, it's gonna definitely gonna depend on. Uh, who steps up? We'll see if the uh wild can step up now. Going into another game that we another series is now 2 2. Again, like I said before, folks, this was a theme here. Uh, the Lightning, uh, the defending Stanley Cup champs, two time defending Stanley Cup champs, got the best of uh Toronto 7 to 3. Just uh, just a real I caught some of this game and it was just you know, it was just a wild game for a little bit. Um, I know that uh, Tampa Bay just just hammered uh, Toronto early and didn't really let them up. I know that seven to three. I know that well, it wasn't it close for a little bit. No, you know the the Leafs actually scored a, three goals, all three in the third period, but it was already out of reach. Yeah, defensive breakdowns, uh, dumb penalties, and throughout their recent history, Toronto's had problems with their goaltending. Uh, coming to this series, I, I said that the Toronto needed to steal a game or two goaltending wise. Says that still hasn't happened yet. Will it happen? We'll see. But uh, I expected this to be a back and forth series. That's why this uh, series is tied up at two games apiece. You know, I had Toronto in seven. And I still confident in that. But they're gonna have to get it, uh, get it uh, taken care of defensively because you can't, if you going into a track meet with Tampa Bay. Even though they have a lack of depth, uh, you're going to be toast. So Toronto, I know game game five will be back at home uh, on their home turf tomorrow, but they got to uh, take care of those defensive schemes because you can't outrun Tampa Bay. You just can't. Yeah, and I think it's going to be speed. It's going to be all that, and also to uh, defense. Uh, so I'm going to w- wonder and see like who's going to step up for both teams. It's going to be pivotal here, game. Five. That's another game five. That's tomorrow, and also to another game five. It's going to be pivotal because the Kings in the late in the late uh, the late game uh, shut out the Oilers for nothing. You know, Grundstrom had two goals, kind of put the game away, and it was just kind of dominant from start to finish. Jonathan Quick showed a little bit of the old Jonathan Quick. Yeah, um, vintage. Previous, yeah, <laughs> back to previous, 2012, uh, 2013. Right, thirty-one <laughs> saves, and yes. uh, yeah, so. I thought the Oilers would have this series, but the Kings said not so fast. Yeah, you don't want to give a young team like the LA Kings confidence. We talked about it last week, Lakina. They they still have a couple of pieces left on their young core, uh, from their core from a decade ago, but they still have a bunch of young players, a bunch of young defensemen. Uh, they're inconsistent, but you expect that from a, a from a, 
a first year, second year player in the NHL. But right now, the the Kings are hanging right in there with the Oilers. It's been more about uh, the Oilers to tell the truth. Lakina being inconsistent offensively. Connor McDavid, uh, mm-hmm. you have to show up. Uh, Leon Drysdale. Uh, you have to show up as well, and you, you're going to need some solid goaltending from Smith as well. So this is more about Edmonton uh, not being consistent more than the LA Kings. Give the LA Kings credit. I know they stole the first game in Edmonton, so that's going to give them confidence uh, going into game five. But Edmonton, you're the better team up down the road, so you got to put your foot on the, on the Kings net early Yeah. in the next game. Yeah, and look, we'll get to the uh, game, the game five, another pitiful, pivotal game five we, for uh, tomorrow night. But uh, going into tonight's matchups, you got what do you say? Well, I'm gonna, well, we'll get the first this game out the way since I know it's the late game on ESPN. But uh, Colorado and Nashville, do you think Colorado? This is your shot to sweep. Be the, they'll be the first team to sweep in these uh, NHL playoffs. Do they do it tonight? Yes. Next. I do too. <laughs> yeah, I, I do too. I, I think, I, yeah, I think Colorado said, you know, let's just get this over with. Yeah. Um, a, a game four here. Uh, Washington is up to one, like we were talking about from Saturday. The Panthers, okay, okay, Florida. Again, don't make me look an idiot here. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, you better, you better step up against the Capitals. Yeah, you're a better team than the Capitals up and down the roster. You have a better offense than Washington. Washington is still holding on to that core from 2018. But to me, it's going to come down to who's going to play uh, the more disciplined hockey. And we all know Washington can be undisciplined at times, i.e. Tom Wilson, but <laughs> I digress from that. But uh, the Panthers have an overall better offensive game than Washington does. This is Florida's opportunity to steal one uh, in Washington. Uh, they couldn't do that on Saturday. The, uh, the better opportunity, obviously, is tonight. So I'm expecting Florida to tie this series up tonight at 2. It's going to be interesting, though, because like, like we've, been, we've been saying, I think in this series, Florida, look, people, they're, you were one of the top teams in the East all year long. I think you've had guys that, but the rumor, too, you got Oswald Mexican still over there, and he's still pretty productive at his age. So the fact that he's still doing it and being productive, that's kind of one of the reasons why the Capitals are you know, where they are right now. And I think, look, guys need to step up you know, for the Panthers. Who Boudreaux needs to step up. Uh, Barkov needs to step up. And the goal team has to step up, too. Mm-hmm. I think that's been sort of like the thing here. I know there have been some, you know, cheap goals that have been given up, but at the same time, though, you, you got to look. If you want to prove that you're right there in contention for the playoffs and want to go far, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs, you need to step up in the goaltend as well. So let's let's hope that they can do that. Let's see what happens in that uh, game for tonight. That's at six o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on TBS. At 6 o'clock on ESPN, Game 4 of the Pittsburgh-New York Rangers series taking place in Pittsburgh. As I mentioned, Pittsburgh won Game 3 on Saturday by the score of 7-3. to Two power play goals by the Penguins were the difference in that one tonight. Lakina, here's the thing. Chris Kreider, the bread man, a.k.a. Mm-hmm. Artemi Pernier, they both got to step up. The Rangers got to uh, step up uh, in scoring and, and keep your you-know-what's out of the penalty box. If they could do those mm-hmm. two things, the Rangers will win. I expect the Rangers to tie this series up tonight. Yeah, I do too. I mean, the Rangers are just too good. I know. Look, I know. Look, they got. They still got Crosby. I know they got Latang. I know the, those guys have been around for a while. But look, I think the the Rangers are a younger team. I know Panarin. I wish he was still with the Blackhawks. But that's me a whole, too. That's a whole nother. Uh, that's a whole. <laughs> Thank you, Stan thing. Bowman. But I yeah, digress. <laughs> again, you digress. Uh, Kreider too, as well. So. Yeah, I think both. I think both guys will step up tonight. I think their goaltending. I know, you know their goal has been banged up too. So it'll be interesting to see if we can get that. And if look, if you're the Rangers, your strategy is try to jump on the the Penguins early and often. So 
They've been having the goaltending issues too. I'm talking about Pittsburgh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So uh, take advantage. Take advantage of that. Take advantage yeah. of those uh, those goal issues that Pittsburgh has had. You be more aggressive and in the in the defense. Your defense was actually need to step up as well. So we'll see what happens in that game. I'm gonna keep an eye on that one. Also, to the last game on TBS of the that doubleheader. You got Dallas and Calgary. Dallas is showing showing that. Hey, you know what? We're actually still pretty good. And also to our buddy Chris Vosters, who uh, who's now the Black you know, Blackhawks, your new play-by-play play guy, he said, "Why hasn't the Calgary been scoring?" It's me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They had their shot. It's not that they haven't had their chances. They just haven't been going mm-hmm. in. So I hopefully you know the the, the Flames will kick it up a notch because a lot of people have been picking them to win the Stanley Cup or at least, at least yeah. come out of the West at least yeah uh johnny grudeau grudeau uh, aka johnny hockey where are you buddy mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so look at those on search but we all know that calgary ha- has the speed uh and they have the skill to uh, compete against anybody in that western conference and dallas has been chipping away chipping away in this series if your calgary just uh, continue to be aggressive i think things will turn their way they better do it tonight tonight or else uh, they're in trouble dallas you know, uh, look from looking at them from the outside, looking in, they don't have the best team uh, up and down their roster, but they've been doing the little things, so that's why they're up uh, two to one in this series. The uh, pressure's all on Calgary tonight, even yeah. though it's on the road. Yeah, I think Calgary definitely. If you're Calgary, this is a, this is a must win because if you if you uh, go down three one to Dallas, I know Dallas is a young squad. They've got a couple of guys that are are pretty good at this. So mm-hmm. if you're Calgary, you better try and score. <laughs> And that's about it. Now going into tomorrow's action again. These are all pivotal game fives. We'll start, you know, the first game up on ESPN. These are both going to be on either on ESPN or ESPN two. We'll start the first game on ESPN. You got Boston, Carolina. I know that Carolina, they're kind of been sort of like they were the favorite in this series. I think, look, they need to, you know, their defense needs to step up and stay out of the just try not to be let it be too chippy. Yeah, you just took the words out of my mouth, Lakina. Message to Carolina: Stay out the box. <laughs> yeah, the penalty box. Stay out the penalty box. It's that simple. Uh, the second game. Uh, oh, I'm looking forward. I'm gonna be turning back and forth from this one too. So Tampa and Toronto in a pivotal game five. Okay, it's gonna be interesting to see who wins. What wins out here? Will it be the experience of Tampa? You know, they got two of these back to back. Or will it be sort of you know the the upstart with Austin Matthews? He's a step up. We didn't see him in in game. Uh, for and I know this is gonna be very interesting. Like I said, this is a, this was a toss up series from jump, and it looks like we'll see what takes up what you know kind of transpires uh tomorrow night. You would think this would be a goaltending game for Toronto, you, you would think, think being home game five, that crowd is uh ready to go and, and ramped up. So, I, I this could be a goaltending game for Toronto, but actually, uh, like I said, I picked Toronto with seven to win. I expect them to win it tomorrow night, so no excuses, especially after uh, that ugly performance yesterday. <laughs> yeah, ooh, that was just brutal. Just uh, to the lead, they never look back, so we'll see uh, what they do tomorrow, who wins that game five. Another pivotal game five, St. Louis and Minnesota. All right, Wild, don't mess around here. I, I yeah. had you guys winning this series, so <laughs> you need to come on. You need to step up here. Crep us off. I mean, but he needs help, and you're going yeah. to need help too. Yep, Mark Andre Fleury. Hopefully, this will be the game for him to take over. And like you said, Lakina, let, let's see if they can take advantage of any of the St. Louis mistakes. Of course, last game it, it was flipped with with St. Louis um, taking advantage of Minnesota. So uh, the, as we as we said, this was going to be a back and forth series. I had Minnesota up, upsetting St. Louis. 
let's see if Mark Andrew had what does he have left in the tank, and this yeah. would be the perfect time for him to do it uh, tomorrow night in Game Five in front of their home fans. Should be interesting in the Excel Center. Yeah, it should be a fun one there at the Excel Center. I know the place is going to be rocking. That's probably one of the best places in the league. So we'll let's see. play hockey. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll see. Who, we'll see what happens with that one. That was a, that's just silly how that how that announced how the announcer does that. Now the last game of the pivotal game five, you got the Kings and the Oilers. Okay, Connor McDavid, you said it yourself you wanted to show what you're made of in the playoffs. You haven't done so so far. You need to kind of step up. I know Drasadi needs to also step. I know he's been you know he scored a couple, but they need to step mm-hmm. up too. And look, get look the Kings. Look, I know this they're young, but look, you, you still got Kopitar, you still got Kempe, you still got Jonathan Quick. So it's going to be very interesting to see what sort of you know wins out in the end. Will it be the goal scoring of the Oilers, or will it be sort of a little bit of that you know experience that we saw from us on the Stanley Cup you know winning or Stanley Cup advancing teams from the Kings from years back? You would think that. Edmonton will come out fired and be ready to go and be the aggressor because game five is on their home ice. Mm -hmm. You would think, but the Kings are playing with house money. You saw what they did in game one. They stole game one uh, uh, in Edmonton last week. And so you cannot count out, uh, uh, count out the Kings. As I said earlier, uh, earlier with the, uh, with the, with Dallas, you can't give these young teams confidence because they haven't been there in the playoffs before. And the, the more you give them confidence, the more they believe they can win. So for for the LA Kings, you're playing with house money. For Edmonton, the pressure's on you. So you have to dominate from the from the first whistle to the last whistle. Let me just see who the you know, defensively who steps up because I think this is going to be sort of the key mm-hmm. here. And also to scoring, I think if you're the Oilers, you better try and score early because if not, mm-hmm. if you let the Kings hang around, you have so far this playoffs – now they're feeling more confident they can beat you. So a lot of people thought this was going to be, at the very least, a, a four-win you know, sweep or maybe even a five-win gentleman sweep. So mm-hmm. now you're tied at two, and this is a pivotal game five. You don't want to be going back to uh, Los Angeles down 3-2 if you're the Oilers. So you, know, no, guys you better don't. Step <laughs> up. You guys better step up. Just saying. And also the goal differential has been crazy. <laughs> the scoring has been just you know, uh, just, you know, insane. Um, I think I saw some place where I guess the, the average goals per game was like just under seven, like six and a half or something like that. That's uh, like the highest scoring since 1993. <laughs> and also to the goal differential too is, you know, the highest is like a little over three. And I think that would be like among the mm-hmm. highest since 87 and 2018 at every round from the first round on. So Lots of scoring going on, and it was nice to see that the ratings are actually been pretty good so far in the NHL playoffs for both ESPN and Turner. Yes, I have. We have a story as far as the regular season ratings. Uh, we'll talk about that in our next break. Uh, running down the schedule for the Stanley Cup playoff schedule for the rest of the week. This is going to Wednesday. Um, Stars and Flames will uh, game five will take place. Time to be announced. This is continuing on a Wednesday schedule, 6 o'clock on ESPN on Wednesday. Penguins at Rangers uh, game five, and that's Eastern uh, East series, first round series at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN2 Capitals. Panthers, uh, first round of the East game five of that series, and this is for Wednesday. And then, if necessary, Colorado and Nashville game five. Uh, if you're smart like us, I don't think game five would be necessary. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I think that's good. That's, that's going to be the, you know, how the schedule is. If Colorado does end up winning tonight, being the Preds and uh, 
sweeping them. I think that game, uh, that Dallas game, well, that Calgary, I should say, will probably be like about 8.30 or something like that. Yeah. Now going to Thursday's schedule, uh, 6 o'clock on TNT, uh, game six of the Boston uh, Carolina series from Boston. At 6.30 on TBS, uh, Tampa and Toronto, game six of that series. At 8.30 on TNT, game six of the St. Louis, Minnesota series. And game six of the Orleans King series will take place at 9 p.m. from L.A. on Thursday. That's also That game can also be seen on TBS. So that's your schedule for the Stanley Cup playoffs this upcoming week. Ooh, should be so much fun. Now we got a few more minutes left. So I want I wanted to wait till after we did the break because I know you had a lot to say about that um, Monday night football scheduling. But uh, you know, well, well let, okay, let's talk about uh, well, Barry Trotz. You know, more NHL news. Barry Trotz was fired by the Islanders. That that's that's definitely a head scratcher. <laughs> yeah, I know the Islanders failed to qualify for the playoffs this year. I know they've been knocking on the door the last couple years. I know Barry tries to won the Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals back mm-hmm. in 2018. He had to uh, head the bench in Nashville uh, for uh, for those previous seasons. He's a very good, very good head coach. I know there's been some small rumblings that the Blackhawks should take a look at at him. I've heard people I, say that. <laughs> I don't know that Jim Kyle Davidson will go in that direction. Yeah, I don't. He think definitely so. be a name, but for the system that he has, do those players on that roster right now fit that? Call me crazy. I don't think so. No, 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 and. <laughs> No, no, and uh, I mean, especially, I'm sure if you're Barry Trotz, I mean, the Blackhawks, especially, we'll see what direction that they decide to go, but mm-hmm. if they do go like a full, like, you know, tear down, well, maybe almost full tear down and rebuild, <laughs> if you're Barry Trotz, do you want to deal with that? I don't no, you don't. You, do. you don't assume that he do. wants to win. Right, so I don't, because you'd be just be collecting the check in that case, so. Exactly. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what where he goes, because I'm sure he's going to be one of those guys in demand. Now, I'm wondering, though, speaking of the Blackhawks, as we're already talking about them, what direction do they decide to go? What names are being flown around? I know Derek King has, you know, been right there. You know, they I, they know him, the players know him, and mm-hmm. he's, he, I know he was hot early, and then, you know, things kind of tip her off. As the season yeah. went on, but he's been look. He's going to get full consideration for the job. Now, have you heard about other names that being being you know thrown around for as a you know, potential? Uh... Uh, yeah, outside of Barry Trotz, uh, not too many big time names. So, well, we'll see what happens. I think it's all is it really all going to depend what direction, as you said, that the Blackhawks are, are going in. I think they're going to go into the almost uh, rebuild. I know John Detays, Patrick Kane, I believe Alex to bring all of them are free agents at their next season i believe and so yes. i think i i think what's going to happen is that you're going to do everything to keep alex to he's the new talent coming up patrick kane has expressed that he wants to stay stay in chicago for the rest of his career jonathan taves uh great career love mm-hmm. you but uh you you it looks like he wants to go back home in canada to play if he wants to do that you shouldn't you should let him do that because yeah. it looks like he doesn't want to stick around here and i don't blame him yeah yeah, a couple of names that I've I've seen from some of the various you know people I follow I follow and read bloggers, uh, Claude Julian. I mean, there's a name we haven't there's a name you haven't heard in a while. Um, you know, of course, uh, Bruins head coach. You know, won a Stanley Cup with them in 2011. <laughs> uh, been with the Canadians the last couple of years, last few years I should say, up until uh, last season. Is he a name that you probably would you know go after if you're Kyle Davidson? <laughs> 
I would assume that you would go after a young guy that's the opposite of Jeremy Carlton. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, because some people said uh, uh, respect all respect to Claude Julian, but could he stay awake with the with the we assume it's gonna be a young core? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh well most of the names are like guys like over 50. I know Rick talk his names with Florida. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mr. Hey, Gambling Man, no. Yeah, don't look. Don't shoot the messenger. I'm just, look, <laughs> I'm just, look, I'm just spreading. The, look, I'm just the messenger. If that's the case, bring Chris Chelios from the booth, okay? Oh, jeez. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but, yeah, so they may, they may get some, you know, some name, some young name, you know, maybe like, well, 30, 40, like a 40-something-year-old. Um, name that's being floated around. Well, look, I mean, like Derek Kane's fifty-five. It's not like he's a young guy, so you know it's he not looks like, younger than fifty-five. He huh? looks, yeah, well, so yeah, he looks maybe with uh, maybe age fifty-five after the oh, last couple of months. <laughs> yeah, I'll say he probably may not. He may not. You know, like I said, they ages yet. So yeah, uh, but yeah. So uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what direction the, the Hawks go, especially with their coaching, because I, I feel like, like you said, Sid, and I think everyone else has said the same thing. I mean. It's going to depend on what direction are they going. Are they going by a full teardown? Or are they going to try to maybe do it halfway, perhaps maybe try to contend me for the next couple of years? I don't know. And that's going to be the thing. If you're if you're uh, Kyle Davis, that's the one that you got to figure out. Yeah, you still need a couple of solid defensemen. Maybe it'll come through this draft this year. Also, you need a, a goaltender. And I don't think that mm-hmm. starting goaltender is on his roster right now. I no. think it's pretty much safe to say. No, no, you know, so starting goaltending uh, is like starting pitching in Major League Baseball. Everybody wants it, but very few people can find it. And and they have and they don't have it right now. So <laughs> be interested to see what direction they go. But yeah, we'll keep you guys updated and such. And with that said, we're up against the break. We're gonna take our last break for today on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Coming up, you know, Sid will have his uh, air his grievances about the doubleheader in Monday night. Football schedule that was kind of released. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that was just released like earlier this morning. If you guys didn't see it on a uh, GMA, they made this big yo. Oh, we'll, we'll explain later on. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll explain after the break. Also, to uh, 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 underdog went to Kentucky Derby, and another reason why I don't gamble on horse racing. We'll just <laughs> leave it there. Also, to some other sports media news. Also, to uh, Sid wants to uh, pay tribute to a, a, brown, a groundbreaking show from the 90s. Well, late, late 80s going to the 90s, mm-hmm. but you know, all that and more coming up next. Second City Sports on Sports Social Chicago, and we'll stay right there. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. NBA Thursday, the Bulls dropped their second straight, 126-109 the loss at New Orleans. The Bulls are 42-31 with the setback. Zach Levine led the scoring for Chicago with 39 points. Kobe White had 23. The Pelicans got 30 points from Devontae Graham, 25 from C.J. McCollum, and a double-double from Jonas Valanciunas. Up next for the Bulls, they'll try and snap the skid tomorrow night when they visit Cleveland. The Blackhawks put a two-game winning streak on the line tomorrow when they visit the Vegas Golden Knights. Chicago with a 4-3 win at Los Angeles yesterday. Alex DeBrincat had the shootout winner. Colin Delia made 43 saves through overtime in just his second start of the season. Spring training Thursday, the Angels beat the Cubs 5-4. Today, it'll be the Cubs taking on the Rockies. The Giants beat the White Sox 9-6. Today, the Sox will face the Mariners. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Nobody protects you from mayhem like Allstate. I'm a speed bump. Did you hear what I said? I'm a speed bump. And if you have cut-rate car insurance, the cost to reattach your muffler 
could really be a bump in the road. So switch to Allstate, save money, and be better protected from mayhem, like me. Based on coverage and limits selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. In most states, prices vary based on how you buy. Allstate Bar and Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Have you wanted to speak a new language but thought it'd be too difficult or take too much time? Then try Babbel. In just 15 minutes a day, Babbel teaches you conversations that you will actually use. With 14 languages and lesson topics like travel, business, relationships, and more, you'll learn what matters most to you. Babbel. Language for life. Learn a new language with ease. Go to Babbel.com to try for free. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Welcome back to Second City Sports, the Monday edition, live in 11 color, right here on Sports Zone. Chicago, Sid Lakina here with you. Uh, we have uh, this is our last break of the show for today. It, less than half a half hour left in this extravaganza we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. If you have a question or comment for us, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube, typing your questions and comments in the comment section. You can follow your truly on the Twitter in the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. You follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Lakina, Monday Night Football, Good Morning America this morning uh, made a special announcement regarding their Monday Night Football schedule. You take it away from there. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you didn't see, um, if you didn't see GMA this morning, I know they repeated it somewhere, I think everywhere, but. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to see it, that the big announcement what was, and uh, I, it was sort of interesting the way they did it because it had uh, Troy Eggman and uh, Joe Buck. Uh, I think Kelly Harton was there, who does a great job on GMA. Of course, you know she did work at ESPN for a few years. Also, Dak Prescott, uh, from of course the Cowboys quarterback was there as well. They were in Dallas. They're going to they're doing this little cross country trip. I think Kelly is, and their, her first stop was Dallas, and they made the big announcement there that the week two doubleheader for Monday Night Football will be first off on ESPN this is September 19th. It will be Tennessee and Buffalo, a rematch, you know, a rematch from last year. Uh, that will be at 6.15 uh, Central Time on ESPN. And the capper of the doubleheader kind of going overlapping in, on ABC, of course. You know, now starting this season, Monday Night Football will be now on ABC as well as ESPN. Mm -hmm. We'll get to that in a second because I always felt that that was just stupid how they took it off. But that's another. Again, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Minnesota and Philadelphia, they'll be on ABC at eight at seven thirty. I should say Central Time, eight thirty uh, Eastern Time. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, Said how how are they going to do this? Are they going to put uh, Buck and Aikman on the first matchup I talked about? That's a better matchup, Buffalo and Tennessee. Even though it's it's only on ESPN, or will they put them on the Minnesota Philly game? Which you know, you got two historic franchises, will be their first time playing each other in the regular season, blah blah blah. So we'll be interested to see how they do this. First mistake was putting the Minnesota Philadelphia game on ABC. That should have been on ESPN. Minnesota, uh, they should have switched. Yeah, they should have switched it. Number two, as oh, you okay. said, if I you want to make a big bang. You will put Buck and Aikman on ABC, as you said. I think starting this year, the games will be simulcasted on ABC as yes. well, full time this yeah. year. So 
uh, that would make some sense. But we know that these big corporations, uh, they don't always uh, operate on common sense or logic. So <laughs> that's why bad things happen to people who do, do not operate in that manner. Now, this will be fun for your truly, Lakina, in a sense, because I'll be watching one game on the on the big screen and the other one via this computer screen. So, so uh, there's going to be a lot of people that's going to be doing that on the first week. Remember I told you around this time last year, Lakina, when they, they didn't do the double header of Monday Night Football last year. They just went with the one game. I hope it blows up in the face. It turns out it did. But mm -hmm. the problem is now you put your best Monday Night Football matchup in week one on cable instead of on broadcast TV. Exactly. What the hell is Minnesota doing on Monday Night Football to open up the week? I know. And uh, it's... <laughs> You got a new coach, of course. You know, Kirk Cousins. There. Look, I know, you know, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. I get it. Maybe, of course, you got Jalen Hurst now. Uh, AJ Brown's over there now. So maybe that's maybe that's why. Yeah. I know Philadelphia does well on Monday Night Football in terms of the ratings. Yeah, I get it. You're in that's Philadelphia. Why. That, ma that makes sense. I get that yeah, part. Yeah, I think, but yeah, Minnesota, I think no. Why. Well, yeah, well, well like Kirk Cousins, you know, but I mentioned, like I said, Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, those are two very dynamic players. They got a new uh, coach. They're kind of the same uh, same boat as the Bears are. I'm talking about Minnesota. And, of course, mm -hmm. you've got Buffalo. They've made some moves. Vaughn Miller is now with Buffalo. You got Josh Allen. You got Stephon Diggs. Mm -hmm. You got Tennessee. You know, Tennessee. You know, we'll see, hopefully. Um, Derrick Henry is uh, is healthy for that game. Uh, Ryan Tannehill and such. I think, I guess. Would he be the was, starting quarterback on opening day? That's the question. Well, yeah, I mean, Malik Willis, I know they got into this whole thing about what Tannehill said that it's not his job to mentor Willis and other, any other young QBs. I guess people are seeing if, if something happens or Tannehill stinks and maybe they put, you know, you know, bring Willis in. I don't know. Like I said, I'm, I'm just, I'm just spitballing what would have, what was sort of like the mindset of doing this. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I said before, there'll be so many questions. And if they do put Bucket Amen in one of the, when they, which game they do put them in, and who's looking at the second game? Will it be Chris Fowler and uh, Kirk Herbstreit? Like it's been the last few years that they've done this. Will they kind of, will they maybe put Steve Levy and Lewis Riddick on there too? Remember, Byron, Ryan Reed, that's probably Riddick, more realistic. Steve Levy and Riddick. Yeah. And, you know, because, you know, it's, uh, Brian Reese is with San Francisco now as their QB coach. So, mm -hmm. at least you'll see what they do. Yes, we'll see what, what happens. Of course, the, the rest of the NFL schedule will be released on Thursday, and we'll talk about it on Friday right here on Second City Sports. And, of course, as, I, as I'll say this here as we wrap up the NFL uh, Monday Night Football release schedule, uh, the Bears don't deserve to be on Monday Night Football. I'll be shocked if they get one game. I'll be shocked if they get a, a Sunday night game. If, they'll be, if they're on part they'll pay on it once. Well, and also, yeah, you got Justin Fields and everything else. And uh, well, at least we don't have to hear Troy Rickman swear too much if the Bears don't get on uh, Monday night. So, or, <laughs> you know, hey, okay, he was on a few more than a few times the last couple of years, but uh, I digress. Now, we just see uh, some of the scheduling, of course, you know, what the Monday night schedule is now that you have a, a solid uh, Tana Light Buck and Aikman. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get the better games now. We'll see. Yeah, yeah we'll see. You're listening to Second City Sports on the live on the Living Color on the Monday edition right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina here with you. Let's go back to hockey, Lakina. And this comes to our good friends from Awful Announcing. NHL local ratings dropped by 23% this season, which only four teams showing increases. While the NHL's TV partners were quite happy that's ESPN and Turner Sports with viewership during this past season, 2021-22, it's a different story at the local level. 
Per the Sports Business Journal, the league's average ratings on uh, regional sports networks this season dropped by 23%. The usual uh, caveats apply. Data from, for the Hurricanes and the Predators were not available, and the league's seven Canadian teams were not included. Additionally, it's worth noting that this was the NHS' first full season since the 2018-19 campaign, with the last two seasons having fewer than 82 games due to the pandemic. Only four local teams saw their uh, only four teams saw their local ratings increase this season. The Los Angeles Kings, Minnesota Wild, the Florida Panthers, and the Detroit Dead Wings. Can't make this up, folks. <laughs> well, it, it's interesting you uh, that said, because I saw that uh, that article that came out. And look, when the Blackhawks aren't doing well and all the stuff that, you know, that transpired prior to that mm -hmm. and some of the other uh, top names, I'm not surprised especially with some of the big names. I know New York, both the New York teams did pretty well too, um, ratings-wise, I should say. And like I said, I think the Hawks not being up there or not being very good this year, I think that played a little bit of a part too, I feel like, the mm -hmm. ratings being down. Because I think those were, for years, the Hawks were like near the, or at the top of the ratings in yeah. the national uh, in the NHL locally. So I think that didn't help. Um, they really, they really do not. Uh, the NHL really doesn't uh, promote their stars well. We always get on MLB for not promoting their stars. Yep, the NHL, the NHL has the same NHL problem. Has the same problem, and they actually do it worse. I mean, you got you mm -hmm. got Connor McDavid, you got Kiprasov, you got all these names. You got Austin Matthews. People should be should know, you know, even locally and nationally, what he's been doing scoring wise. We haven't seen that. So, and also too, you've got you got, you got guys have been that have been around. You got you know, uh, Art Marjorie Fleury. You got Stamkos. Um, you got all these names. Of course, Sidney Crosby is still a factor at his age. So is Ovechkin as well. So it's sort of like a, a, a definite problem. Now, of course, yes, you can blame the pandemic because, you know, two years, you know, you, you could play, play for the crowds. We haven't played a full season in the NHL in a few years. I get it. That played a part as well. But there's so many, there's just so many, like, variations here. And I, and I feel like the NHL could be doing better. And I think the good news is the ESPN, we talked about uh, last week, so ESPN and Turner saw raise increases in yeah. their sports in, in the NHL. So, but locally, it's got a lot to do. And plus all the regional networks and such, maybe that's why all the, the battles there. So maybe that's probably why. I don't know. Yeah, and we said it before, ESPN and along with Turner, TBS, and TNT, all three of those channels on your main um, basic package. Uh, if you if you have cable, uh, of course, streaming uh, uh, is part of this as well. But if you have basic cable, like yours truly does, I know you do as well. You get mm -hmm. ESPN, TBS, and TNT, so it's easy to find those games. Now, when they were at NBC, uh, they were on uh, not just regular NBC, but NBCSN, which no longer exists. They were on CNBC USA. Mm -hmm. I know that USA is part of the basic uh, TV package, but they were almost all over the place. You want to go back to those versus days, Lakina? Oh Lord! <laughs> oh, Ellen! Oh God! Oh Lord! I mean, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, just you know, literally trying to find, like, you know, trying to find those networks. That was for, terrible. That was awful because I, I, we had a different uh, cable system, uh, than a cable provider then. So that was a whole different. That was a whole another adventure. But uh, yeah, I think. But the NHL, look, they did a good job by putting it on ESPN and Turner because. Turner is also on a lot of the basic networks on the yeah. on your local uh, cable or, or satellite provider if you have DirecTV and Dish and such. The problem yeah. is that locally they still got a lot to do. So yeah. I don't know what, what what can they do, but still, still a lot to think about if you're in the NHL. 
Yeah, just finish up the article here. In terms of the overall ratings, Pittsburgh led the pack with 5.3 rating on Root Sports Pittsburgh, followed by St. Louis on Bally Sports Midwest with a 4.28. Buffalo 3.78 on MSG. That franchise hasn't made the playoffs in 12 years. Good mm. grief. That fan base deserves much better than the yes, trash they they're watching right now. Ooh, uh, the Minnesota brutal. Wild 3.04 on Bally Sports North. And Vegas who barely missed the playoffs thanks to the Blackhawks beating them at their last home game of the season, also Sorry. had a 3.04 rating on AT&T Sports Rocky Mountain. Of course, Vegas is a new franchise. It's the first time in their history that they had missed the playoffs. So it's a culture shock to those fans out there in Vegas. But we talked to our girl, Rachel Kopchak. I know she did a report out there from Vegas a few years ago. And uh, that, that place is alive for hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know professional sports uh, is the new it thing in Las Vegas. They say, you know, has been growing over the last um, many years as a big metropolitan city. They have the Raiders there now for the NFL. It won't be too long before they have an NBA team. Well, Major League Baseball invest in the invest in a team when they uh, start realignment in a few years. We'll see. Well, I think that also to Seattle. I heard Seattle's ratings were actually really good as well. So, yeah, though, for root sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, yeah, even though the team didn't do very well this year, of mm-hmm. course, you know that's understandable because they're their expansion team. But Seattle, they've got look. There's a lot of passion. Look, Seattle's probably got one of the most passionate fan bases in 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 the nation. You know, of mm-hmm. course, you got the Mariners, you got the Seahawks. Well, we won't even go go a whole thing with the super size. You know, they should still be there. I mean, no shade, but yeah, you know, that that, that check was, out the documentary on YouTube. The yeah. full oh, I, version. Yeah, yeah, I saw that, and uh, yeah, Sonic we'll, Skate. Yeah, 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 exactly. So we'll see how what they do the next few years. And so yeah, I think there were so many you know factors as to why the Rays were locally where they where they were. So I just think also too, lack of promotion, and then I feel like mm-hmm. I said all this stuff going on with some of the regional sports networks and some of the feuds there. I think there was a mm-hmm. lot of parameters. So it's yep. unfortunate that the Rays were not as good as they were na- locally as they were nationally, but it is what it is. All right. Uh, continuing with our sports media news segment, Dick Vitale, uh, who had a um, who suffered through cancer this year, is now in remission as of now. He will receive this year's Jimmy V Award for perseverance during the SB broadcast on July the twentieth. Definitely deserving, and uh, he is cancer free now, which is awesome to hear. And mm-hmm. look, like like Mark Hadam, I think he's definitely the epitome of what ESPN is, what College Hoops is. I think yeah. to me, College Hoops is better with when he's around. Yeah, I know he could be. Yeah, I know you know his age is starting to show a little bit, and I know he could be a little you know out there at times. But uh, again, he's like one of the one of those name guys that you feel you feel at home when you hear him on ESPN. So that's sort of a thing that's mm-hmm. good to hear and very deserving of winning that uh, Courage Award. We'll see. What we, we'll see who will be the nominations for the SBs. You know, coming up in a couple. I think next month is going to be where they're going to announce yeah. the nominations. But. Uh, yeah, I'll be very interested to see how he looks. I mean, he looks fantastic, and he's a beloved figure there. So, uh, yeah, good for Dickie V. Yeah, I remember the first one uh, with the uh, Jimmy Val Van, the late Jimmy Val Van on his speech. It went on for a half hour, but it was a very uh, emotional and inspirational speech. You can look forward on YouTube if you haven't seen it yet, especially for our young viewers and listeners out there. Of course, Stuart Scott from 2014. That mm-hmm. was, it, it turned out to be the last few months of his life, unfortunately, but that was a great speech. Of course, Craig Sager, a couple of years mm-hmm. later, he passed away, but he was given that award as well. So uh, great speeches by all three of those gentlemen. If you haven't seen it, go check it out on YouTube. So uh, Diggy V, uh, he won't be short of passion, I, I promise you that. 
He'll probably go on for about a half hour too. Yeah, <laughs> and rightfully so. And then, as he should, as he should. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, they've got the extended hours for that particular uh, telecast. Now, going on with more sports media news, uh, could we be seeing Richard Sherman on Amazon Prime? I saw the headline from that. I know he had some off the field issues a year or so ago. Hopefully, that's taken care of. If it is, uh, let uh, let that man work. Uh, he won't be playing, obviously, but. He's a very intelligent young man, oh, so yeah. uh, I I want to see what what kind of role he's going to do. I assume it's going to be a studio slash analyst role. Will he do a role like kind of what Kevin Garnett did at TNT a few years ago, which I still think he should be doing, but I know he's not doing that now. But <laughs> yeah, uh, well, remember people people forget that Richard Sherman went to Stanford. He was all yeah. black tennis Stanford. So I think people need to you know, forget that he's actually a pretty smart guy and a pretty engaging guy. Uh, this is according to uh, our good buddy, well, not our good buddy, but Ian Rappaport from mm -hmm. NFL Network. Uh, he's a deep talks with Amazon for a key role in their programming. And he'll stay in shape, of course. You know, of course, that's the caveat here for a possible NFL opportunity. But all eyes are on him for his future. And also, too, Andrew Marchand added that him and Andrew Whitworth, who, of course, you know, man of the year, Super Bowl champion, and also Jason Garrett could be names to watch as well and uh yeah still a lot of moving parts here because of sports media news yep uh continuing with our sports media news mark jackson of espn was interviewed by the sacramento kings over the weekend and it looks like he may be interviewed by the los angeles Lakers. So of course uh current war go to say warriors assistant head coach uh mike brown got the job at sacramento good luck to him uh um cleaning up that mess and congratulations yeah. to joe dumars he you know he was behind the scenes with the sacramento kings the last couple of years he'll be the uh, vp of the nba now so he's going to the big house in new york city working under adam silver congratulations yeah. to hall basketball hall of famer joe dumars well, now mark jackson does this well, he's been uh, working the front office for like the last like i think like hmm, i'm trying to think like 20 years 15 20 years uh joe dumars so yeah so he's Combined with his days in detroit in the sacramento yep right so uh he's definitely paid his dues and has earned his opportunity and a good for him for having a nice uh great uh front office gig you know after uh his playing days that's that's good to see so congrats to him yeah uh, mark jackson does this clear the way for him to get that la lakers job you know he's a <laughs> LeBron sports your thoughts <laughs> Oh my God. I want this to happen. So I was telling our buddy Matt Peck about this. I want this to happen. We both want this to happen so bad because I can see, especially if things go haywire over there in LA. Oh boy. <laughs> I, 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 I can't contain myself. I can't contain this. Just, just a pure thought of that. Just the thought of that happening it would just be the gift that keeps on giving, especially if they don't do well earlier in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, you say he had something to talk about as far as the Kentucky Derby is concerned. Yeah. Uh, if Look, you probably made a lot of money this weekend. Rich Strike, who is an 8-1 shot. 8-1, I, I said. He ended up coming back from behind and winning the, the Kentucky Derby and winning over favors like Epicenter, you know, he was a favorite, but, you know, the, the story behind the horse, I'm glad that, look, Mike Trigo, to the credit, whoever does the research for NBC, they were ready. Uh, apparently, this horse didn't really, wasn't even trained to, to race until, like, a couple of months ago. So the fact that, mm -hmm. he, you know, he was able to come on, the owners, you know, they bought this horse, I think, last year about this time, and he was kind of, like, just sort of an afterthought, and now they, they trained him, you know, starting early this year. They didn't even really think they would be even be in the Derby. For that to happen to now, 
it's going to show up remarkable. So if you got an 80 to 1, you had a very nice little payday there this weekend. Yeah, I know uh, uh, Eddie Olchek, the current NHL analyst for TNT, and, of course, locally here in Chicago for the Blackhawks. Uh, he always has some great insights as far as betting on horses is concerned. I should take a mm-hmm. few tips for him. Like, you know, I'm like you. I do not have good luck when it comes to betting. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I was strong, we have strong indications of what could happen. And right. most of the times we're right. Most times we're wrong. But uh, horse racing, even though it's the number one sport in this country many uh, neons ago, uh, I really just can't get into it, but a whole lot of people get into it mostly because of the money. But exactly, that's why. <laughs> well, especially me. now that, especially now that gambling is now legal in a lot of areas, including here in Illinois, I think that's why your people are there's more interest now than there was back then. Even like years, years ago, when horse racing was like you know really big, like in the back of the seventies and eighties, even early nineties. Yeah. But I think it all started to creep up a little bit. But, you know, of course, the, the treatment of the horses, I know um, some people are very, especially the mm-hmm. way that that horse treated after the uh, after uh, he won, he was being yeah. very, like, excited. And he was, you know, the, the trainer was kind of slapping him around a little bit. That, that caused a little bit of a stir there, too. So, you know, I, 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 I it's like, it is what it is, unfortunately, in, in, in that sense. But, uh, look, congrats to Rich Drive and their owners and their trainers. And, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think we'll have a Kentucky Derby. I don't think we'll have a Derby, uh, a triple crown winner this year, I should say. I don't think that's happening. I want to put it out there right now on May 9th. <laughs> All right. You heard it from Lakina, our horse racing expert. <laughs> you're, listening to, you're listening to Second City Sports on the Monday edition, live in 11 color, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid, Lakina here with you. Um, we have just a couple minutes left in today's show. Lakina, I want to take this time to end it, hopefully, on a great note. Uh, I just want to pay tribute to a, a a revolutionizing talk show that got started back on September 16th in 1989. It was on a network called Black Entertainment Television, also known as BET. I am talking about, of course, uh, BET's Teen Summit. It was an American talk show for the youth that aired on BET from 1989 to August 31st, 2002. In recent years, it it was returned uh, as a very occasional special to the network schedule. Uh, the show was created by Chief Operating Officer Sheila Johnson and award-winning uh, originating broadcast producer Tony uh, Registers. Teen Summit dealt with the everyday issues teenagers face and attempted often successfully to bring them into perspective and in a positive, uplifting light, while motivating teen viewers and their families to discuss the subjects presented on the weekly one-hour live show. After the original program host Lisa Johnson moved on in 1993, others filled in uh, as hosts, I- including Adimu Cologne, of course, Ananda Lewis, famous alone. She went on to do big things with MTV for many years after that. And you had uh, DeJour, who was the host uh, in the mid-90s as well. Lakina, do you remember the Posse Squad members who sat up in the uh-huh. front of that stage? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that was a hook. They really brought uh, very good insight uh, for, for those young people that had very strong opinions on uh, tough subjects. But it was a great idea for BET to do at the time. We all know the big uh, talk show hosts back in those days, like Oprah, Donnie. Donna not Donnie, who really didn't do this, but Oprah, Ricky Lake, trash. But <laughs> Ricky Lake, Montel Williams, yes, they had shows featuring teenage issues. But BET was the only show that dedicated, uh, uh, even though it was on every week, they get dedicated a one foot out to uh, to teen issues only. And you haven't seen a show before or on on the air uh, since. Yeah, and I said, could this show work today? But 
uh, two words they'll they'll stop there. It's called social media. Social media. Yeah, I'm yeah, not saying that that is not needed. Of course, it's desperately needed today. But social media has changed the game for everything today. Yeah, and I think it's sort of it's one of those things where I think about, um, especially to the fact that they 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 actually weren't afraid to talk about issues like you know race and violence and STDs mm -hmm. and all that. You know, they did the school the occasional stuff too, like talk about school and. You know, everything yeah. else and homework. I know they did an episode of, I, I forgot what the topic was, but it was, it's sort of an epitomized, it, it was sort of a forum for, you know, teens to talk about it and talk yeah. about various issues. It's not that, you know, in a forum where they probably couldn't talk to their adults or to their parents, especially, or grandparents, exactly. or older siblings. Now, unfortunately, it would not work now because you got TikTok, you got Facebook and Twitter, and it just, you know, also got YouTube as well. So, Unfortunately, yeah. this uh, format like this would not work. Now, is it needed? Absolutely, especially now with everything going on, with you're talking about tolerance and such, and mm -hmm. you know, the economy and you know COVID, you know COVID, the impact there of how it impacted teenagers. Definitely need an outlook for them. But unfortunately, you know, you got folks that are, that don't have that mindset. So unfortunately, that probably will never happen. But I, I think it would be great to have a teen summit type show on a network or on the, uh, or even at the very least on a streaming service. I mean, that would be yeah. great so they can swear all over the place, but you know, again, different times. And I feel like a show like the teen summit could probably work. If you do, if you adapt to the 21st century, make it yeah. sense for 20, mm, you're going to have to. Yes. Also, I think you have a, like have a YouTube what? star, like a social media star or an influencer or mm -hmm. someone who has a lot of followers you know, maybe host it and maybe kind of raise some credibility there and such. But yeah, that, that's that's pretty much what you got to do. But go ahead, Sid. Yeah, just a couple more, more notes about the uh, BT's teen, teen Summit show that ran through the 90s. Uh, they did win an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Children's Program. And they were known to have uh, presidential candidates all day. I remember... Uh, Hillary, Bill Clinton, his wife, Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yeah. So she appeared on that show many times. And you had guest music stars from the rap and hip hop and R&B worlds as well. I was watching the episode you can catch on YouTube right now. I was watching the episode last night from March 22nd, 1997. I know that they may sound familiar to some hip hop heads like us. It was two weeks after Biggie Smalls was assassinated in mm -hmm. Los Angeles. Uh, they did a show called Between New School and Old School Hip Hop, and they brought people on like Yo Yo, Nonchalant, uh, Chuck D from Public Enemy, Melly Mel, of course, uh, Dub C and Mac 10 from the West Side Condition. Man, that was a group out of, uh, out of the West Coast from Ice Cube's camp. And they were talking about the difference between the old school hip hop and uh, and then the current hip hop at that time in the mid nineties, where it was really taking off mm -hmm. um, uh, on on to the mainstream. How could they bridge that gap? But those are very interesting discussion. Please check it out on YouTube. Just type in BT uh, a BTT some, and the episode will pop up uh, right there. It was a very interesting discussion. So, uh, like you said, those those shows are needed. But like you said, you just have to uh, uh, do it in a different right now since we are in a different time. Yeah, maybe have like you know folks. Do it like we are doing it. You know, have people ask questions. You know, there's yeah. everyone. Everybody has a computer or a laptop or a phone. Mm -hmm. You know, do it that way, or maybe have comments and such. So you have to get people to kind of police that, so it won't go a little over the over the top. But yeah, I think a show could work. But like you said, like we've been saying, you got to adapt it. You know, to make it sense for now. Yeah. And shout out to Ananda Lewis as well, because I almost forgot that, like I said, I couldn't watch it every week because 
only uh, have one TV that was uh, uh, that had cable. And that was my mom's TV, so I had to ask permission to watch it. I only had a certain amount of hours to watch it. Most of the time, I watched it for sports anyway. And so, if, if you remember, BT's T Summit came on at noon Eastern, so that was 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. Of course, at that time, NBA Inside stuff was on, so I would watch mm-hmm. that. And of course, Soul Train, especially during the years Don Cornelius was hosting, I was watching that too. So, and so I couldn't watch it as much as I wanted, but whenever I, I, I caught it. Usually it was the second half of that show because I was watching Inside Stuff and or Soul Train. I will uh, watch the rest of Teen Summer. Of course, uh, I got a chance to watch it a little bit more once I got to college. But uh, it, it was a great show, a uh, very uplifting show. And those young people in that studio audience, uh, and along with the posse on the uh, sitting mm-hmm. next to the host who was hosting at the time, they were very smart, smart, smart yeah, kids. I know right? uh, people uh, give us as a culture, as a race, the negative label. Oh, you just... Uh, listen to sports and music. You're not smart enough on other topics. That was not true. You cannot put that stereotype on those young people, especially in that audience. It was. Oh, yeah. It's not going to fly. Yeah, that wasn't going to fly then. It's not going to fly now. And I wonder what Anana loses up. Anana loses up to. I haven't, you know, seen her seen her in a while. But uh, I'd like to see what she's up to these days. I know she's still like. I know she still works in media and such. But I would love to see what she's doing these days also too i know uh lisa johnson smith i believe i think she i think she and Char- i think she and charles are still married. i think i'm not sure but uh <laughs> i know that they that think that's probably another reason why it happened i think you know they wanted to have kids and such so i think that's probably what happened with her but yeah so you know like, like to me like i said bt had some like great like you know shows that kind of you know change the culture of certain things of course that mm-hmm. also 106 and park unfortunately it's rap not how city it, yeah yeah rap oh yeah rap city i loved rap city uh but yeah unfortunately it's not what it used to be yeah they again, sold it to viacom rob johnson did bob johnson did in 2001 and um, yeah <laughs> yeah yeah we'll just leave it. We'll yeah leave it <laughs> we could talk about that a whole table that's a whole that's another, that's another episode You're right another, that might be we have to do that in podcast form so yes just, yes you know, probably yeah, yeah. Well, with that, to also do uh, one a uh, quick note, uh, James Bradbury, the uh, second year, uh, third now to be third year uh, corner from the Giants has been released. So a veteran uh, corner out on the market right now, just couldn't really fit the system. I know they tried to trade him uh, during the draft. You know, there were no takers. So, uh, you know, a veteran guy out there on the market. We'll see if the Bears pick him up and make him a crappy offer, but I digress. <laughs> With that said, on that note, you can follow me at Keita McGee on the Twitter and at Keita McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-A-0. Make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you catch this uh, Second City Sports, the audio version on the podcast at War on Anchor. We are available on all podcast platforms including that iHeartRadio app. Don't forget to type this in, W-A-R-R on Anchor on those podcast platforms. And you can follow War Media at W-A-R-R Media on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Make sure you catch Second City Sports live and in living color every Monday, every Friday, noon to 2 p.m. right here on Sports Zone Chicago. One more game, as you young folks would say. Catch Second City Sports live in the living color right here on Sports on Chicago from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. All right. I know it's going to be warmer out there, folks. This week, so like the heat like wave. Woo, uh, woo. I'll say, yeah, don't, yeah, don't act like fools out there, uh, folks. So wash your hands. Wash your hands. Uh, wear your mask if you're not going to get vaccinated. 
and just be good to each other. This has been Second Sports on Sports on Chicago. Enjoy the sports. Enjoy all the playoff, uh, NBA and NHL, and also the, the baseball coming up as well, the great series this weekend. And just enjoy the sports. And uh, this has been Second Sports on Sports on Chicago, and we'll see you Friday. Go Sox! Holla!